Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today it's Farmer Friday. We'd love to hear from you all throughout the show. Our phone lines will be open 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us radio at agphd.com or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia or Brian Hefty. All right, before I get to anything else here today, I just want to let you know that next week we have a great opportunity to visit with one of the most knowledgeable soil fertility experts in the whole world. Neil Kinsey is going to be up at our Ag PhD field day site in the Morton Center. He's doing a three-day seminar. Now, you might say, oh my goodness, I don't even want to sit through two hours of a soils class. Well, look, what I always try to relate to people is this. What's most important on the farm is your land and obviously you, but you want to make sure that moving forward, you're increasing yield, you're minimizing cost, you're maximizing profitability. Perhaps the best way to do that is by fine-tuning your fertility program. And as I talk to farmers around the country and really around the world, I'm serious. It's like 95% of farmers say, yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm doing with fertility. I mean, I I, I'm gonna, I, I think I know how much nitrogen I want to put on. And, and yeah, I've been doing this for P and K, but I mean, I cannot read an entire soil test. And I understand when you got your lessons from your parents, your grandparents, they were talking to you about everything from uh, let's just say it was equipment to maybe grain marketing and a lot of things when it came to raising a great crop. But chances are you didn't sit down and get a class for a week from your parents going through, okay, here's what a soil test looks like. Here are the numbers you're looking for. Here's what all these things mean. And I, I mean, it's it's not as complicated as you would think. But where I'm going with this is, Neil, I think it's Monday, this is his birthday, I think he's going to be 79 years old. Um, now, granted, I hope he lives to be 109, but <laughs> I don't know how many more years he's going to be doing seminars like this. So both Darren and I are kind of like, yeah, we better take advantage of this. So we lined it up for Neil to come up here, and there is a cost to this. It's not much, especially when you figure we're going to give you seven meals throughout the course of three days. But there is a little cost uh, to help defray uh, Neil's costs. And also, this year we're doing something a little different. We've had Neil up here before. Last year we had Tim Reinbot with him, but this year we also have Tim and we have some Kinsey consultants, some guys who are putting into practice some of the things that Neil talks about in a number of different states, in a number of different conditions. So we're going to have some of those people talking just a little bit too. So hopefully you can see, okay, here's what Neil talks about. Here's how we put it into practice. Here are the results that we're getting out there. So I'm really excited about this. It's next Tuesday through Thursday. You can just go to agphd.com, look under the events tab, and you'll see Neil Kinsey seminar. Just click on that and check that out. But again, I, ju I just want to say this to you. I know that three days is a big commitment. If you want, you can live stream it and stay home. But And, and then if you want, you can watch the recorded session. But the, the point here is I would just encourage you, it's the middle of the winter, invest some time and effort into learning more about soils and fertility. It 
absolutely will make you money going forward. And then just as importantly, now you're going to have that knowledge and you can pass it on to the next generation. So if your parents, your grandparents didn't give you all these things you're going to learn from Neil, now you can take that and give it to your kids, your grandkids, other young farmers in your area, stuff like that. Because the benefit here is, you know, you got to think about rural America, rural Canada, whatever. I mean, it, it's it's challenging a lot of years on the farm. And so any possible advantage we as farmers can get, that's awesome. And when farmers do well, our local communities do well. And it, it's just, it, it's exciting. So anyway, uh, check that out agphd.com under the events tab neil kinsey next week tuesday through thursday all right let's get to the ag phd mailbag it's the mailbag first question comes from dave from south dakota yeah actually several questions he says um, i am looking at alternatives for index as an inferro option i uh and this is especially for a dairy thinking about switching from in to index from generic bifenthrin that was applied via dosatron but the problem is index is sold out so yes dave i i know amvac i i've been talking to him about this for a couple years i wish they would make more index what index is it's a combination liquid fertilizer or uh, or i should say liquid insecticide it's a combination of capture and fortress so fortress is an organophosphate capture is a pyrethroid now it's not cheap it's like 27 dollars an acre but it is pretty good, and a lot of people don't want to go to dry insecticide, which, quite frankly, is a little bit better. So my first thought immediately is, I know you want liquid, but the dry is better. And if you really want to step up your game, you could do both. We'll talk about that in a second. So anyway, he says here, Capture LFR appears to have double the allowable active ingredient per acre versus generic bifenthrin. Yes, that's true. You can technically use what we would consider a double rate with the LFR. Uh, last year, uh, there was Duracade planted and generic bifenthrin, but it was kind of a chain wreck from rootworm damage. So uh, what do you suggest in continuous corn? Oh, and by the way, he says here, SmartStacks Pro would maybe work on some acres, but not on all acres because um, trying to go conventional corn for feed. Oh, and sorry, I'm throwing a lot of things out here. He says, is Nerisma available? No, Nerisma is not available. That's the, um, it's the same thing as Taraxa that you can get as a seed treatment in wheat for wireworms. It has some activity in rootworms. I don't know as, cause we haven't tested it. I don't know how good it is. I think we're going to get some for testing this year, but no, that's not available for corn right now. So that's not an option. So what I would suggest is, yes, SmartStacks Pro would be great if you can use that. Otherwise, you you could go, if you want, liquid and dry insecticide, and you might go, oh, my goodness, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I know. But this is part of why we talk about using insecticide every year, bug bombing to kill the adults later on. I mean, it's tough if you're in conventional corn. So, yeah, if it's me and I know I got a disaster coming, I'm using liquid and dry. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
there's no time to mess around when it comes to early season protection from yield robbing pests and diseases. Ethos XB Insecticide Fungicide is the next generation of at plant protection. Through your liquid fertilizer system, get broad spectrum defense and create an environment where seedlings can vigorously emerge with more uniformity, helping to optimize your productivity and yield. Get serious seedling defense with Ethos XB Insecticide Fungicide. Ethos XB Insecticide Fungicide is a restricted use pesticide. Always read and follow all label directions. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Good morning and hallelujah! Watch it. My spray and pray days are over! What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. And Yeah, he ordered that new Battalion Ant herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard. This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So, how can I... Get amped? Just go to battalionamp.com. It's gonna be a good year! Always read and follow label directions. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio on a Farmer Friday. Today is all about you. We're answering your phone calls and, uh, and answering your questions as well in the Ag PhD mailbag. We'll get back to the mailbag in just a little bit, but we do want to go to the phone lines right now. We've got George Goblish on with us. He is the Commodity Classic co-chair this year. George, how are you today? Really good, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So, yeah, I wanted to talk to you real quick about Commodity Classic. Darren and I have been at that show many, many times over the years. I think it's fantastic. Tell us just a little bit about, first of all, where it's at this year, when it it is, and maybe just some of the highlights you're looking forward to at the show. All right. Uh, It's in Orange County, which is uh, more people would understand it as Orlando, Florida. Uh, So sunny Florida, uh, starting March 9th through the 11th. So you can still get away from the cold and, and head down to the warm, warm summer down there as always, and uh, hit hit some uh, hit the show, and then afterwards you can always take the family out to the, all the parks and all the other entertainment in Orlando. So Commodity Classic, this is a few years ago now, added more equipment to the show and everything. So it's a lot bigger show than what it used to be. And I guess I'm just kind of curious, is there anything in particular you're really looking forward to, anything new and different at the show this year? Or or, or what kind of things are you personally going to attend down there, George? Well, uh, the show is sold out, so it is going to be our largest show uh, for now. And uh, what I'm really, really interested in is all the new equipment that's going to be coming out. And I, I like to kick tires and and talk to the people that made it happen. 
but also NASA is going to be down there, and uh, I think that's going to be an excellent uh, little little spot there they got where they're going to you know talk about the future of farming in in space. Okay, so I, I think that's going to be a really a high high point. Hey, before we go any further, I just want to clarify something. You said the show is sold out. You mean for exhibitors, so farmers could still yep. attend, right? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. I just yes, just want to make the, sure when the, people are the listening, they're show. like, "Oh no, I can't go." Uh, yes, you still can. There's there's room for you. Uh, so yep. yep. Uh, go to go to commodityclassic.com. Uh, register there. Uh, get your hotel information there. And yes, the, the trade show itself is sold out. So all the exhibitor spots are sold out. So yeah, there's a waiting list. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well. I, I mean, let's face it the the ag economy has been pretty good here the last few years. There are a lot of companies that have new and different products and everything, and that's one of the things I always enjoy. I also like listening to a lot of the farmers that are speaking down there about various crops, high yields, that kind of thing. So that's one of the things I really look forward to. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention today, George, about Commodity Classic? Uh, right now, uh, actually, Tom Vilsack, Secretary of Ag, has been invited. So uh, we're hoping he can make it into his schedule to come talk to us all. Yeah, there there are a lot of other speakers there as well, besides just farmers speaking about yields and things like that. So I, I guess that's that's one of the things that a lot of people say when they go down there is I didn't there's so much to see that I could have maybe even spent more time looking around at stuff. And then there are so many opportunities for learning. Uh, and I think you're, I believe you're still calling them learning sessions, right, George? But uh, I mean, just a lot of great opportunities to pick up more new things and, uh, you know, also kind of visit with other farmers about what they're doing and what they're having success with. So again, I, I just, I think it's a great opportunity, commodityclassic.com. George, anything else you got for us today a uh, great place to uh come to improve your bottom line yes absolutely and a great place to uh, go like george said to get out of the cold i love florida i love the humidity and it's nice as a farmer too i've i've been looking at white all winter uh, I mean, the snow really and ice really gets old. You go down there and everything is green and nice and it's humid. And all of a sudden, uh, your allergies seem to, or, or you know, I, I guess the dry air for me, um, I struggle with that a little bit. And all that stuff clears up. I don't have a cold anymore or anything when I go down there. So anyway, it's fantastic weather. And I love when I just, I can walk outside and actually breathe. Whereas opposed to I walk outside today up here where I'm at, it was 12 below wind chill. I can't wait to get away from that. Again, we've been talking with George Goblish, uh, co-chair of this year's Commodity Classic. George, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Brian. All right, next we got Jacob calling in from down in Arkansas. Jacob, how are you today? All right. How are you all? Doing great. So what's happening down on your farm right now in Arkansas? You're a lot warmer than we are up here. Are you getting ready to farm fairly soon? Um. We're fertilizing wheat. We're probably going to start uh, planting soybeans in the next 30 to 40 days. Uh, try to get them planted first. Um, you know, try to get them planted in, in mid to late March yep. and then follow it with corn, cotton, and rice. Yep. So you mentioned planting soybeans first. Is this something you haven't done before or is this something new? Have you planted the corn first and then the soybeans or how do you usually do it? 
we have planted corn first and then planted soybeans. We have since then switched to try to plant soybeans as early as possible. Yep. Um, even if that means leaving the corn in the sack and waiting for the soil temperature to come on up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the soybean, we're just trying to keep planting earlier every year, planting soybeans earlier every year. Just keep pushing as far forward as possible till you know, we'll go, okay, too far, and then back up, and that's where we need to be. Yep. You know, hey, you're not going to heal more if you don't keep trying. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, one question I have for you. This morning I heard that maybe wheat acres are up around the country. Are wheat acres up in your region down there? There are a lot of people anticipating in our area to plant wheat, and some still planted more than they used to do, and this is the first time we've had wheat in a few years. A lot of people opted out of planting wheat because we did not get significant rainfall until november 5th okay and the last time we got significant rain was august about time we had um beans trying to to mature and dry out uh started got a week of rain that caused some damage issues in the pod so how many days that's is that is how we how it worked out we had a great harvest you know quick harvest no problems could start early stay late all that kind of stuff yeah yep you know, most folks are trying to plant weed in, in October or maybe late, late September. Uh, if things are going well, they couldn't do it and expect it to come up. Yeah. Yeah, I know there are a lot of areas that have been struggling with, well, I shouldn't really say struggling, just they're praying for rain and hoping more comes soon. We unfortunately have gotten a lot of precip here in the last couple months, but it's in the been in the form of snow, so I don't like that near as much. But anyway, um, t- you mentioned cotton and rice also. Have those acres changed at all because of the markets here in the last couple of years? Last year was a really big year for uh, our local gin. I think we ginned 135,000, 136,000 bales, uh, one of the biggest years ever. And uh, rice has gone up a little bit this year. I mean, excuse me, in 22. There's discussion that rice is going to go up in 23. Yep. But you don't know. Not till you know, May, whatever, actually in the ground and up. Yep. Everybody's like, okay, I'm going to keep it. Yep. Okay, so let's say the, the markets aren't, so great for cotton and rice a little bit later is it possible that like on your farm you might switch some of those acres out to corner beans or something else but we might switch to corn um sand beans in our area don't work year in year out you, know, you might have a good one this year but next year might be bad so if we're going to switch sand ground you know talking 12 cc or less uh, away from cotton which is really low it's probably going to be more likely to go to corn as opposed to um, soybeans, which you know helps out in the corn next year, get a little bit more organic matter uh, and the material from the from the corn fodder and things like that to help the corn get a great start. Sure. I mean, cotton get a great start. Yeah, cotton. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we've been talking with Jacob down in Arkansas. Thanks a lot for the time today. Appreciate it, and uh, hope you get great weather this year and excellent crops. Yes, sir. Thank you. Y'all too. You bet. Good luck. It's Farmer Friday here on the show. If you've got a question for us, anything you want to talk about, just give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD. You can also send us an email, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, or Brian Hefty. Here in a little bit, we're going to get to, well, we'll probably get back to the phone lines right after this, but we got a number of questions coming in in the agphd mailbags. Soil test questions, uh, strip till... Uh, what else do I have here? Oh, side dressing. People are already talking about side dressing. What do I do this summer? I mean, nitrogen prices are changing. Lots to get to today. Stay tuned.
cold weather draining your batteries? Nothing delivers peace of mind like a quality battery charger from CNB. Going on now, buy three batteries and get the charger on sale. Learn more or shop online at DeerEquipment.com. CNB, your local John Deere dealer of choice. Offer runs until May 2023. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. When you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. So call Farm Shop MFG today at 712-520-6051. In 1923, Bertar Benjamin had a vision, an all-purpose tractor that could do more. With that, the Farmall was born. This year, Case IH is celebrating 100 years of Farmall. 100 years of milestones, 100 years of innovation, passion, grit. And they're doing it through your stories. Share them at farmall100.com. One lucky storyteller will win their own Farmall. The tractor that is the one for all. Palmer Amaranth. Four counts of yield theft, resistance to groups two, four, nine. You ain't got nothing on me, man. We've been surveilling you. And now we've got Tough 5EC, a tank mix partner that'll make sure you and your gang of resistant weeds never see the daylight again. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5EC to your post-emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belsham Crop Protection. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Thanks for listening today to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio on a Farmer Friday. If you want to call in, it's 844-44-AG-PHD. That's what Gordon did from over in Indiana. Hey, Gordon, how are you today? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Excellent. I hear you got a question about elemental sulfur. I do have a question about elemental sulfur. Uh, I'm look, asking about availability. We know ele elemental sulfur is roughly 90% sulfur and ATS is like half 50% is elemental sulfur. My question is, 
the soil biology that we have in the soil effective how quickly some of this sulfur or these things break down yes more available yes so here here's the basic process and the two things we're looking for number one with elemental sulfur we want something that's dissolvable so usually we'll say uh like very small particles uh and things like that but a way you can test that and here's what we do if let's say you got three different sources, you just get a sample of each one of those. You throw it in a little mason jar with some water, you shake it up, and then you come back the next day, you shake it again and see what it looks like or sounds like. Just as an example, we've still got some elemental sulfur that's in a mason jar with water in it for, I think it's two and a half years now. And you shake that thing around, it still sounds like rocks in there. How good is is that kind of product? How how available was that? So some of these things, they're just flat out not going to break down. They're just not very dissolvable, not small enough particle size, whatever it is. So that's one factor. You mentioned soil biology. That's the other big factor because what it takes is for elemental sulfur to break down. You have to have the sulfur, obviously, oxygen. So you have to have air in the soil. You have to have water and then soil bacteria. When all those things combine, that bacteria is working on that, and then the result is sulfuric acid or hydrogen sulfate. And then when the hydrogen breaks off, that's what basically is acid and pushes your pH down at least a little bit, at least temporarily, if not longer. And then the sulfate portion is what the plant will use. So yeah, that's that's the process of elemental sulfur breaking down. And again, the two factors we're looking for is you got to have something dissolvable and you have to have good soil life out there, good bacteria. Okay, one other, taking it just another step farther, you said soil bacteria. Yep. And I'm not that smart, but I know we talk about protozoa, fungi, bacteria. Is it any one of the three, of the three is more important than the other? Uh, it's bacteria, and there's a certain kind of bacteria that's the best at breaking this down. And I, off the top of my head, I can't okay. remember what that is. And uh, I don't know if I have that right handy. Uh, yeah, it, some of these, uh, some of the names and terms, it's like, I got so much stuff sitting up here in my brain and I can't access all of it every second, but maybe before the show's done, I might find the name of the best bacteria that breaks down elemental sulfur. But anyway, any other questions just, on that? Yeah. No, I appreciate your time. Thank you today. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. Let's go next out to Maryland. Got Kevin calling in. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Oh, we're doing fine. How are you today? Excellent. So I, I was talking to Jacob from down in Arkansas, and I, I'm a little bit jealous of the weather you guys have. So how about over in Maryland? How are things uh, weather-wise, and will you be able to farm fairly soon? Uh, well, the weather's a little scary right now. We are we had 70s yesterday. Um, we've got yeah, se- yeah, yeah. Seventies is seventies is real scary to me, Kevin. <laughs> we we get, well, we had minus twelve got... wind chill this morning. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fine. I have friends in Wisconsin that are touring uh, today, and they're they're fighting the cold weather. But yep. um, we uh, the last two or three years there, and we've just been. I mean, Brian, we've been stung by frost on our small grain, and uh, I have wheat that's getting pretty far advanced, and uh, and we have trees and local orchards that are getting ready to bud, and we're here in the middle of February, so uh, 
I always thought I liked the South Carolina weather, but looks like instead of me moving to South Carolina, South Carolina's come to me this winter. <laughs> it's just uh, been very, I mean, we're, our water table's down. It's We're not in a drought, but the moisture situation is, uh, I would say, below average. Mm-hmm. And we, we have not, well, I've had my power washer sitting outside for two weeks. And I haven't even had to bring it inside for freezing temperatures at nighttime. And uh, it's just a little, a little, little uh, abnormal. And we don't know which, which way to go. Some people were getting on small grain uh, with their first shot of nitrogen yeah. this week. Yep. But I was a little scared to give it a, a boost because we can get we're going to have wheat heading out here in mid-april and we can have a we can have a pretty good frost up until the last last of april here so well it's well a little unsettling yeah yeah for sure well we'll uh we'll hope and pray that uh that you get the right weather and not get that late frost on on things so other than that, what else are you thinking about as you go into 2023 here with your crops you're going to seed this spring? Well, Darren, uh, labor has become a big issue here on the farm. I have to tell you, uh, labor is a big concern on going into our cropping, some of our cropping decisions especially with double crop our window there to get it harvested and get another crop back in is really sensitive um, time-wise to get our, our best yields. And um, penciling out a profit. Some of these guys that didn't farm in the 80s think you can sit down and pencil in a profit and make a forward contract and know what you're going to make before you before you start your farming year. Yep. And I remind them back in the eighties, we planted a crop and hoped that sometime between the time we planted it and we harvested it, we could find some profit. But, uh, um, with these, uh, high input prices, looks like, uh, money and higher interest rates looks like money management and labor management are my, uh, are my, two major concerns yeah you know kevin even in the 90s it was the exact same way where there there was not like on our own farm there was not a single year in the 90s where at the beginning of the year we said oh we can definitely for sure pencil in a profit i mean we have today at least better crop insurance we have a lot of grain marketing options and those kind of things and just flat out the prices are better so I know that input costs have gone up, but at least out where we farm, I mean, there are still some really good opportunities here in 2023. So, yeah, having lived through, I was in high school and in college in the 80s and then living through the 90s as well and all those tough years, um, I am very appreciative 
of the opportunities that we have today. But you're right. I mean, for people that didn't live through the 80s, and like in my case, uh, you know, I out here it was tough in the 90s too. For people that have just started farming in the last 10, 15 years, uh, it's a little bit different. So anyway, I hope that they never have to experience those tough times of the 80s. But yeah, when, when you talk about worries on the farm, that's one of the things I always worry about is that things will go back to that someday. So hopefully it won't. <laughs> well, that's what's that's what's happening here anyway on our farm. So, any acre shifts or anything you're doing different, new and different this year? No, our our we're, we probably got our acreage is where we can handle each crop. Um, uh, we're not much of an acreage shift, just uh, just trying to farm a little more defensively, maybe sure. not not offensively yep um you know just trying to watch our costs and our inputs and not swing for a home run just try to hit doubles yeah yep yep well doubles still score a lot of runs so uh hey kevin it's been great talking to you today we certainly wish you the best here in 2023 hope things turn out great for you all right have a good weekend take care yep thanks you too Again, it's Farmer Friday. If you want to call in, we do have some phone lines open right now, 844-44-AG-PHD. We are going to get to the AG-PHD mailbag just shortly again as well. Stay tuned. This is AG-PHD Radio. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest-lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an Authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. Your crop deserves the best, not just a contender. Choose a Champ brand fungicide from New Farm for proven performance in the formula you prefer. Champ Formula 2 Flowable offers exceptional mixing and stability in a liquid copper. Champ Ion comes supercharged for superior coverage in a dry formulation. Any way you turn, New Farm has the copper solution you can win with. Put a Champ in your corner at newfarm.com slash uscrop. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a -a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Ag PhD has one mission, to give you the knowledge you need to make your farm more successful. That's why every issue of the Ag PhD Insider Magazine features crop fertility and pest management tips, insights into the world's highest yielding farmers, updates and results from our infield research trials, as well as the latest agronomy information from Brian and Darren Hefty. We put it all in one place so you can make your farm more productive and profitable. Subscribe to the Ag PhD Insider at agphdinsider.com. This is Mike. Hey. He's getting a quick haircut at the local barber school. 
It's only five bucks. How bad can it? Oh! Yikes. Don't be like Mike when it comes to weed control. Get the job done right the first time and plan ahead with Status Herbicide. It delivers elite corn safety and reliable performance, so you don't have to deal with more problems than you bargained for. No, 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 no. Status Herbicide from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Water Hemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce Herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. For listening to us here at Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday, we're going right back to the phone lines. Got Tom calling in from out in Illinois. Hey, Tom, how are things in your state today? Uh, Brian, it's covered with a light layer of white snow and sun is shining. Well, hey, at least the sun's shining. My dad was originally from Iowa, and he said when he moved to South Dakota, that's one of the things he liked in the wintertime is even though <laughs> he, he just said the weather conditions are horrible in both Iowa and South Dakota in the middle of the winter. But in South Dakota, we just had more sunny days, and so it made things seem better even if, uh, if, it, even if it was cold outside. So um, what, uh, what, what, what are you working on here this winter? Anything new and different? Well, Brian, what I've got is uh, we've got an educational farm outside of Chicago. Um, I'm with a group called Friends of Donata, and we operate a, about a 40-acre model farm with the Forest Reserve of DuPage County. So we do about half and half corn and beans, and our mainstay is we bring out uh, fourth graders from uh, any elementary school in the area for a uh, fall tour of the farm. And then in October, we have a fall fest where we have uh, everyone shows up, uh, 10 to 12,000 people, and we do hay rides uh, around the farm, talk about the fields, what we grow, agronomy, um, and uh, that's what we do. So we've got all our tractors ready to go. We operate everything from uh, H's up to 830 uh, John Deere's. And it's all done by volunteers. We've got a great group of guys that uh, get everything planted and uh, and harvested in the fall. How long have you been doing this? Um, I think the group started in, in 88, and uh, I got involved uh, since 2000. So how did it start originally? I mean, what was... What was the vision for this whole thing originally when it got going? We're part of a um, an old estate of the Dan and Ada Rice. This was uh, oh, that's their, where the uh, Donata comes from. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yep. She got into horses. Um, they won the '65 uh, Kentucky Derby with Lucky oh. Devonair. When they. Uh, passed on the forces are picked it up so we're right on the collar county of chicago so we're we're in suburbia we're totally surrounded so we're really in this little model farm is an oddball you don't really expect to see it around here it takes you got to go another 15 minutes 
15 miles west to get into the normal Illinois farmland. So Forest Preserves involved our group, uh, who was created by a guy that was really running the farm under the rices at the time and kind of put it together. And we're our basis is uh, trying to bring agriculture to everyone in, in the area. So we, we chose to have the fourth graders come out and try to start them early. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, a lot of people around our country, at least, are very disconnected from the farm and from agriculture, so they don't understand even some of the basics of what we're trying to do out here. So give give us some of the feedback that you've gotten over the years um, from kids, from parents, from people in your community. Well, on our hayrides, uh, we get great interactions, and we, we get more questions from the adults than from the kids, I think. Either they remember sure. it uh, from grandpa's farm or whatever, or they've never been out, or they've never been close to any machinery. And we're dealing with, you know, our, our combine's a 6,600 mid-70s unit. They think that's just fantastic. And then we're trying to explain how small we are compared to what it takes to, <laughs> to farm nowadays. Yeah. Yep. So the interactions are fantastic. We, we always have to touch on uh, the roundup question. So we're, we're kind of soft with that, and we're not trying to get into a debate, but we re- try to realize that we at this farm and all farmers are trying to do the best for the farm they, they deal with and, uh, and the area where their families live. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I've lived on the farm most of my life drank well water, uh, had crops right around us, um, worked with all these kind of products. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, we're concerned about safety for ourselves and for our families, and I don't, I don't know if a lot of people really understand that. We really do our homework, our research on anything before we're using it, and we're not going to use things that are going to put us at tremendous risk. So, Tom, anything else you want to leave us with, with uh, Friends of Donata and, and your farm there? Uh, no, no, that, that's it. Appreciate the talk. Have a great day. Okay, so Tom, uh, if somebody wants to look into what you're doing, they want more information about this, where can they go to find that? Um, the Friends of Donata has a website. Uh, we're, we're affiliated with the Forest Reserve um, District of DuPage County. So that would probably be the easiest thing. And my name's Tom Anderson. I'm a Vice president, vice president of the group, and any additional volunteers or or schools, I'd I'd love to talk to anyone. Yep, and again, that's friends of Donata, so that's D A N A D A. So again, you can maybe remember it as Dan and Ada. Uh, Tom, thanks a lot for the time today. This is great. We love when people take initiative and are reaching out to people in their area because I just think that's so important for today's agriculture that we get the message out. Thanks again, Tom. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Bye now. A lot of great guests, a lot of great callers today, as always, here on a Farmer Friday. We're going to get back to the Ag PhD mailbag right now. Get this question in from Jeff. He says, uh, first of all, guys, thanks for what you do. I'm a longtime watcher of your show, reader of your newsletter, now magazine. I'm a hobby weekend farmer. Uh, and so here's here are, here are my questions. He says, I tried the three pre program in soybeans four or five years ago, and it worked awesome. I did half of a 100-acre field. 
and I put flags out so I knew where I sprayed, but the flags weren't needed. <laughs> what I didn't like was the cost. I had the $25 option, and at that time, Roundup was probably $11. So let's say I tried using trifluralin instead of Prowl. How quickly does that need to be worked in? He's wondering if he sprayed a tank, then followed with a multi-weeder right away. Would that work or would I lose a lot? No, that'd probably work just fine. You might lose a little bit. But what I often tell guys is if you're going to be back there real quickly, worst case scenario, you could bump the rate just a hair. So the full rate of trifluralin is two pints. We never recommend more than a pint and a half because we worry about carryover. And a pint and a half will usually do the trick for you in combination with a PPO and metribuzin. So if instead of using 1.5 pints, if let's say it's going to be an hour before you get back, it maybe bump it to 1.6 or 1.7 pints, something like that, and that'll compensate for it. The other thing is, if it's cool and cloudy, your odds of losing a lot are, are not high, as opposed to if, let's say, it's sunny, windy, and hot, then you're going to lose it much, much faster. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, anyway, his second question here is with Boost 10 for wheat. So that's amino acids. He said in your wheat workshop, you guys were talking about using that at green up. Is green up referring to winter wheat beginning to grow in the spring? Yes, Tom or Jeff, it is. Uh, and let's see. Oh, he says here spring oh, or were you referring to spring wheat coming out of the ground? No, we we're referring to winter wheat. And that's what we mean by green up. Um, it can be used in spring wheat as well. It's just once you want to use it when the plant is relatively small and amino acids, basically it's the building blocks for protein. And the great thing with the amino acid products that we've been using, very inexpensive. So I, I love it when I can spend whatever, three or $5 or something, and I can quadruple my money or more. So not like enormously huge yield gains, but fantastic ROI. At least that's been our experience so far. All right. Um, we're going to get to more of your questions here in the Ag PhD mailbag right after this next break. Again, I want to remind you, we do have Neil Kinsey coming in next week. So if you've never seen Neil, you never heard Neil speak, he's one of the foremost experts on soil fertility in the world. He's traveled all over the world, written books, um, it does has done all kinds of consulting. It's He's awesome. Darren and I have learned so many things from Neil over the years. We really appreciate him and all that he does. But if you want to learn more about that Neil Kinsey seminar, just go to agphd.com under the events tab. Stay tuned. We'll get to more of your questions right after this. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact emerge planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. 
The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Don't turn your fertilizer application plan into a guessing game. Understand exactly how much fertility you need to reach your yield goals with the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App. Simply enter your crop and your yield goal and the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App calculates the amount of nutrition needed to keep your crop healthy and working for you. Quit playing guessing games with your fertility needs. Download the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App today. Available on the Apple App Store and in Google Play. Hi, Greg Souter. Uniform emergence is critical for high ear count and yields. Good emergence starts with the closing of the seed trench. It's almost impossible to pinch the seed trench closed from the top, no matter what style of closing wheel you use. That's why 360 Wave closes the seed trench from the bottom up. 360 Wave rolls moist soil from the bottom of the V trench over the seed, completely engulfing the seed, eliminating all traces of the trench. That means better germination and emergence. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. It's Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. Getting back to your questions here. Next one comes in from Jeremiah. Uh, he says, I am registered for the Neil Kinsey Workshop coming up next week. Here is my soil report and my question. My goal is to push this field to six tons per acre in two cuttings. What would a build and maintain fertility program look like for this field? What would be a uh, sufficient level of fertility for six tons per acre. So here's my background. The field switched from furrow to sprinkler irrigation in 2020. I raised three ton of hay barley in 21, and that fall planted to 50-50 meadow uh, and brome alfalfa, or meadow brome and alfalfa. Uh, raised two and a half tons in 2022. Production reduced because of tight and sealed soils. This spring, I'm planning on applying a... Uh, a uh, soil penetrant to help open up the soils and leach sodium. But over the next few years, I want to build the fertility of this soil. Okay, so Jeremiah, a few things here. First of all, your cation exchange capacity. Oh, I, I should say on his soil. So he sent me a soil test. On the soil test, it says poor spot. <laughs> uh, the cation exchange capacity here is 26. It's pretty heavy ground. And when we see something like this 7.9 pH, that always is an indicator to us that something is out of balance in that soil. So the comment here and, and their the recommendation from this lab, it says might you might try some gypsum on this area to reduce sodium levels in the root zone. A rate of 500 pounds would be a good starting point. 
while the sodium is around 4% base saturation. So it's already negatively impacting yield. That's also part of the reason why the soil pH is high. Magnesium is about 19%, so it's not ridiculous or anything. It's a little on the high side, but nothing super major. Calcium is about 4,000 parts per million. Magnesium is about 600. So it's, it's, it's not crazy. Uh, sodium, by the way, 240 parts per million. But anyway, uh, I, I would just say you want to get things in balance. Your phosphorus on a malic 3 is only 28, so that's really low. Your potassium on a malic 3 is only 121 for parts per million and 1% base saturation case. So that's really, 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 really low when we're talking about a hay field where we're going to take off hay, which contains crazy amounts of potassium. So we would just encourage you, number one, take a look at um, on the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal app, crops like alfalfa that you've got and, and brome. I don't remember if we have brome on there for sure or not, but we have other grasses. But you can kind of see what you need for NP and K and stuff like that. But, I mean, the potassium to me is your biggest yield limiting factor right now. The other thing is when you have a 26 cation exchange capacity, then we, we talk about, oh, and when you have this high sodium, we talk about how are you going to flush stuff through? And it's nice to say, oh, we're going to apply a whole bunch of sulfate, so in the form in this gypsum, and we're going to drive that sodium out of there. Could it work? Sure. But you already have 104 parts per million of sulfate, which tells me that there's likely a drainage issue there. So this is usually where we go, all right, I, I realize you're in Wyoming, but you might have to put some drain tile, at least in that bad spot. I'm not saying all your fields or anything else, but if you've got spots like this, tile's probably going to help solve your problem, and then you can truly flush out those excesses. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll pass this on to Neil next week, and he can, he can take a look at it and see what he thinks too. All right, next one here is from Tony. He says, I bought a coulter unit for side dressing a few years ago. It's working well for me, but my question is on the placement while side dressing. As I've heard, between the rows or 15 inches away from plants, four inches down is not very accessible. 30-inch rows, conventional till, 29 inches of rain per year in Minnesota here. All right, so... Tony, I, I would tell you a couple of things. Number one, we actually like coulters for side dressing. We did all our side dressing with coulters last year when we weren't thinking we were going to get much rain anytime soon. And thankfully, that's we, we did put the nitrogen on with the coulters because we didn't have rain for almost a month. So, I, I, I mean, you're, you get more rain than we do, probably 25, 30, 40% more rain than we do in a normal year. So because of that, there's maybe not as much need. And a lot of people have gone to things like Y-drops or, or some other type of system where they, they put nitrogen right by the row and lay it on the soil surface. But the risk is, and we were talking about nitrogen stabilizers yesterday, there's a good chance for loss there coming up just within a few days after that. So you got to get rain fairly quick quickly. Now, some people will say, well, the dew coming off the plants is enough to get the nitrogen in the ground. No, I don't believe that for a second. No way. Nope. Um, I, I love coulters. I love getting, or I love putting nitrogen on the soil surface and getting rain afterwards. Um, honestly, like on our farm, we're set up both ways. I prefer when we can go out with Y drops or an equivalent system because we can get over so many more acres so much faster. And 
Yeah, I, I mean, the nitrogen is going to be a little more available right away. But we try to be early when we're doing this with coulters. And when we're early, then the, the, the plants are going to get it. So I'm not that worried about it. It's just if you're shorting yourself and then you're going out there with coulters and the plant doesn't get it right away, well, that's where we, we're, where we run into problems. So, no, I don't have any issue with what you're doing. It's fine. But... Could you go the other way? Sure you could. It's just when you're going your way, I'd say just be a little on the early side. Don't be late. All right, next one is Kevin from Iowa, and he's got a couple of questions here. First of all, he says he wants to spray acetochlor, so that'd be like harness surpass, early ahead of corn in a strip-till situation. I'd like to use uh, uh, an adjuvant, but my concern is, is the will the chemical attach to the residue and not get to the soil when I use this adjuvant, no, I'm not worried about that at all. And I, I mean, if you want to use an adjuvant, you can. I don't think you're going to have any advantage. So my suggestion is you do some half fields or something like that. You're not going to see a difference. Uh, soybean fertility. He says, I'm currently at an 80 bushel yield level. And you guys have talked about, hey, if I want to go above 80, I might need some nitrogen. So should we use commercial N with a planter, let's say, two inches behind the row? Should we wide drop with the tractor and bar before canopy? I've also heard of you using Utricia from Corteva. I'm not sure on the timing and it just kind of what do you guys think? So I, there are several different ways you can get nitrogen out there. The big need and where you're going to run short potentially is flowering and especially at potting. So we're not saying that, oh, everybody who's going to get more than 80 bushels has to have more applied nitrogen. We're just saying it's more likely that nitrogen will pay once you get above 80 bushels. But you farm in Iowa. So I'm when I look at soil organic matter in your area, most people say, oh, I have good organic matter levels and I'm not that worried about this. In your case, you've got, and what he sent us here is, 2% organic matter. That is not a lot you're getting out of the soil. So, I, I mean, we usually figure 20 to 30 pounds in Iowa per percent of organic matter. So that's only 40 to 60 pounds. So if it's me, yeah, I would probably try some nitrogen. When would I time it? Um, I, I'd time it a little bit later. I, I mean, once the beans start flowering, that's probably when I would put some more nitrogen on somehow side dress at that point. Uh, you could also do ammonium sulfate. That's a slow-release nitrogen. That'll release over a couple of months. But just understand, you got to do it late, ha have available nitrogen late in the season. So when you talk about doing something at planting, could it help? Yes, but it's also possible with lots of rain, you could lose it by then too. Okay, and then, oh, and nutrition, if you want to try some of that, you sure can, but commercial fertilizer, you may be able to get more pounds of nitrogen out of that. But yeah, you can certainly try both. We've seen some yield gains from Utricia and, and decent return on investment. It's just if you're hoping to gain 10 bushels, I don't know if you're going to gain that. But three to five bushels with Utricia, yeah, I feel pretty confident in that uh, if you need the nitrogen. Uh, growing, And then he says here, I'm growing corn and beans on rented ground with low fertility. And he's talking about 10 CEC ground, 11 parts per million of phosphorus, 145 parts per million of potassium. Uh, and then he says we strip till on the P, the K, the sulfur, zinc, and pelleted gypsum. 
Um, so anyway, he, he's just saying we can get to 190, 200 bushel corn, but where can I improve the fertility to get more yield? Okay, so Kevin, I'd just say this. When you have that light of soil, 10 CEC, you're really at the mercy of Mother Nature. You've got to have very timely rain. But take a look on the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal app for whatever your yield goal is. I just punched in 240 bushel corn. It needs 269 pounds of nitrogen. 122 of phosphate, 324 of K2O potassium, and 36 of sulfur. So I like the banding. I mean, you might just want to get a little bit more fertility in your strip till. All right, before we go, just want to say thanks to my sister Janelle back producing the show again for us today. Thanks to you for listening. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. <music>